My drive to get me to the top. What it do, KTTV? This is KT, and I'm coming at you live with another episode of the Daily K Podcast. Another is wellness Wednesday, and so we've been talking about narcissism, narcissism. We're talking about relationships. We have some parents coming up, so welcome to the show. And for today's conversation, I have educator, consultant, star, reality star. Did I say that, brother? Is that it? Yeah, man. <laughs> Mr. Brian Carroll, a.k.a. Super Carroll in the building. How you doing today, brother? Man, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Happy to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Look, man, I appreciate you for taking some time out the busy schedule. Like we was talking um before the show, man, things have really been popping and jumping out for you, man. So congratulations on that. But uh, I know how demanding that can be, man. So thank you for showing yeah. up today. Absolutely. Man, so... As we jump into things, uh, before we do the work, I like to get that wellness check in, man. So how have you been doing during this pandemic and still continuing to stay safe out here, brother? Um, man, uh, it's definitely been a, a journey. I've been learning a lot about myself as I'm going in therapy and in school becoming a therapist. I'm learning about how to it's OK not to be OK sometimes, how to process, how to just be honest about everything. <clears throat> And how to have a positive outlook. Yeah. Um, you know, I've lost some people, uh, family members. Like I had my brother was murdered a couple months ago. Mm. I lost friends. I mean, just experiencing different things um in life. So ultimately I am blessed. Yeah. Um, I'm alive, my kids are healthy, you know what I'm saying? I'm in a good relationship, so I'm growing. So I'm, I'm ultimately I am thankful and I'm learning how to process and roll with the punches even better through life because I'm blessed. Man, and, and uh my condolences go out to you and your family, brother. Um man, it's just so crazy out here, man. And so that, that just shows you, man. It's one step. Yeah. Yeah, man. So so big condolences out to you and the family, man. Man, so jumping into things, uh, our latest episode. Oh, we talked about narcissism, and I really tried to define it, right? So yeah. just thinking about the the recap um, and just defining that word narcissism. I know you said you was kind of looking up some stuff and kind of anxious to get on to talk about that, man. So in your words, as we go forward, man, what do you believe narcissism to be, brother? You know, um, what I, I wrote down some stuff. Basically, just a, a easy... Definition could be an inflated sense of their own importance mm. and a deep need for admiration. Yeah. So if I pull a little bit of layers off and tell you narcissism is an extreme self-involvement to the degree that it makes a person ignore the needs of those around them. Mm -hmm. While everyone may show occasions of narcissistic behaviors, yep. you know, just because somebody gets selfish in a point or arrogant, but I don't mean they're narcissists. Yeah. But to the point where a true narcissist frequently disregards others or their feelings. They also do not understand the effect that their behaviors have on other people. So they'll gaslight you a lot yeah. when you try to expose them or talk with them and give them the truth. And it's just somebody that's really tough to, you know, get along with and be around. Yeah, man. I, I learned so much about it. Um, and just for as they were saying, so you got the disorder, uh, the narcissistic personality disorder, but then yeah. you got the traits. And so we all have a few of them traits. 
You yeah. know, but but uh, and so the biggest thing was uh, I, I had related it to education, and so mm -hmm. they said where well, if you uh get perfect attendance, perfect attendance each year got the same qualifications, but because of those narcissistic traits, you say, well, it was harder the year I got perfect attendance. We had more storms or something. So yeah. I had to get, you know, it was harder for me to get to work. So that's why I exist better. So, you know, we, we, we always talked about that. Um, but, man, I will tell you, it was so many facets to uh, just being a narcissist yeah. and how things are handled. So it's interesting to talk today about this cycle uh, that they have. And so, um, man, just diving deeper, after the general uh, definition, right, now we talk about these narcissistic patterns that could identify early in the relationship yeah and so um as i popped out as i was preparing for the show it was one cycle and it said that the narcissist will glory is glorifying mm -hmm. it's belittling and then it's abandoning and yeah. so as we go what we're going to do is break down this cycle a little bit more oh uh, but man when you hear the word glorifying in the relationship then belittling and abandoning what does that cycle kind of say to you well, it, it, in a relationship, you got to be able to take accountability. Yeah. And there's got to be some growth. But if you're always, you're glorifying yourself mm -hmm. and you're glorifying your behaviors, you're not in a position or in the spirit to even understand, mm -hmm. heal, or grow in any aspect. So basically, can't nobody tell you nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, so we could just say, as educators, who want to deal, as, as a principal, who want to deal with a teacher? Can't nobody tell them nothing. Yeah. Who wanted as a coach? Who want to deal with a player that can't nobody tell them nothing? And as a parent, how does it make you feel when you got to deal with a child when can't nobody tell them nothing? Mm. You know, yeah. so you don't feel a safe place to communicate. You don't feel heard. When you don't feel heard, you get upset. You get frustrated. You bottle things up and you explode, or you go talk in other, you know, to other people. Mm. Look, I, I will tell you that now. I'm gonna throw you for the loop. In this instance, the glorifying is um kind of like the honeymoon stage in their relationship. So then when okay. you think, as I learned about like the way narcissism get in, right? You think about the beginning of the relationship, there's trips. You think mm -hmm. about all the bliss um, and, and that whirlwind of emotion that happens in the beginning. So at this time, you, you don't know that that person is on that narcissistic spectrum, right? So you oh, just yeah. keep on going. So then... If you've ever been through that, or maybe we're going to just say we might be that. Like, mm -hmm. how how do you go through that piece of the relationship? And, man, what signs? Well, you got to have <clears throat> you got to have your core values in line. Yeah. You can't get tainted by the smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And I say that because, say me as a man, you know, you see a woman. She's extremely attractive. She's got a, she's in shape. She, she checking off all of the boxes, I mean, she's beautiful, all these different things going. She got a good job, she's career oriented, but is that a cover up? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you have a set of core values, yeah. that'll protect you from a lot of different things that could be red flags, mm -hmm. as opposed to you, you know, you're going on a trip. So you're not paying attention yeah. to the fact that she really don't communicate well because y'all just y'all having fun on the trip, or you're not paying attention to the fact that she don't listen to you. Y'all don't communicate well or mm. different things because y'all just spending your time appeasing to your fleshly desires yep. and the things that are momentary fun, but y'all not having those real conversations 
you know, about relationship, about core values, about what are your viewpoints on relationships and marriage? What are your viewpoints on spirituality, religion, raising a child, you know, you know, watch what they do on a daily basis, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Man, and, and from being just on the show uh, and then moving forward with life past that, <laughs> were there, um, because it was all about relationships, so I'm pretty sure they set y'all up for um, like relationships, like therapy, all these pieces. So what did you learn as far as about the relationships? And Man, they told on? us. Yeah. They made us think. I was like, so they're going to have like therapists on a resort and all that stuff. Yeah. And they ain't have None of that. They had on, that stuff. Man, it was. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I had a great time out there with the show. It became emotionally draining mm -hmm. at one point, but it was. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as authentic as it needed to be because it was more yeah. so about. It's like it's TV. Yeah. So I don't. It's entertaining. It's fun, but it's TV, y'all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I do think that you do learn because, you know, you can look on the introspective part of what people are saying about you, what your experiences are, and how to deal with multiple people. Because usually you go out, you might meet one or two people, but now you got 10 people and you talking to 10 people and you getting to know 10, you're trying to juggle that. And you, you're like seeing all these different personalities and you're seeing how you respond and stuff. Then they put you in some seriously serious situations where you got to, you know, bite your way out or convince somebody, to get, you know, you got to. Oh, you know, you know. Wow. And see, and the, the thing is, you would think after that, uh, just that simple focus on, um, man, the relationship that you come out of that thing with some tools, some techniques. But look, I I, I can dig it though. It all oh, look good. But I'll say this: it, we have to get past the surface level stuff. I see stuff on social media all the time. It'll be a guy who's seen as an attractive guy or a woman that's seen as an attractive woman, mm -hmm. educated with a good job. And why is this person single or they'll say this stuff. They can't find a good man, but they don't, they haven't mentioned one thing that really drives a relationship, the emotional intelligence, you know, love is a skill. Mm -hmm. You have to acquire the skill and the, the ability to love. We have a desire to care for people, yeah. but love is a decision in relationships that work are because you make a decision and you're able to be, you're mature enough mm -hmm. to work towards that. And those are things that you learn about yourself you know, you learn about yourself, how patient you aren't, how open, emotionally intelligent you might not be, how you're not willing to be emotionally available. You know, you learn those things through those relationships. You know, if you want to be introspective about yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you find that out about people's triggers, their traumas from their past, the dysfunctional ways, because like what may be OK for me in a relationship <clears throat> might not be OK for her. Come on. So man. we need to be having conversations instead of just trips and going out and turning up and humping each other. So now we get, to, we can actually learn each other yeah, and see what's going on and see where the value system systems really are. Man, and and I, that, that would help a lot. So now moving on to the next stage of, of this. So we said the glorifying, that's kind of the bliss, the high of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Next stage comes to belittling. Like, so this is the narcissistic cycle. He okay. says, so during the belittling stage, uh, the person starts to do it in small, subtle ways. So mm -hmm. small comments about your hair, comments about your clothes, how often you go to the gym. Little comments that sting, but you remember the glorifying mm -hmm. stage. So you don't pay no attention to these that's going on, right? And yeah. so then as they go, you begin to believe them things to be true about yourself because you hear them so much. So when this happens, 
how do you feel if you've ever been through that, that you come back the belittling? And then how do you talk to somebody about that? Well, I mean, I think it's a fine line. We have to find that 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 medium between accountability and yeah. belittling. You know what I'm saying? Because also, if somebody cares about somebody, if you tell me that you want to work out, then I want to I want to hold you accountable and support you in that. But I also have to understand this. If I love you, I need to figure out a way to communicate with you in a positive manner that's uplifting you and encouraging you. You know, um, you know, it doesn't feel good. You know, it wouldn't feel good if somebody you loved and cared about and that you value as a person is speaking down on you. And I want us to get to a point where we got enough self-esteem because you're talking about beginning stages and stuff like that. Well, we got enough self-esteem to walk away from things that don't serve us. Mm. Not from a selfish standpoint, like, oh, this person ain't doing what I want. They don't make me feel good. Because any person that's seasoned and that's married in a healthy uh, marriage will tell you, marriage ain't always about how you feel good. You ain't always going to be happy. But you're in covenant and you made a commitment. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's hard, but it's tough. But it's going to be one of the most best experiences that you've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you have to understand. I think you have to come to a point about what are, what are your red flags and what are your green flags? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And what are like your, 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 your gray flags? The, thing, yeah. the yellow flags. It's a yield, but it ain't no complete like, oh, hell no. Nah. But it's like a kind of like, all right, I can, you know, what's going on? And have positive communication with that person. Yeah. You know how you feel. So now <laughs> this is the question. Like, so you just said we got to talk about this because we just had these little comments. Yeah. So now we know that narcissists are really good at reading people, telling them what they want to hear, finding mm-hmm. that void and feeling it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So eventually those comments, if you don't address them, start to get bigger and bigger. Yeah. So now we, we talking about the work. We're talking about the family. Yeah. You just talked about um kind of talking to each other. But at this point, is it time to go? I mean, shoot, you got to count the cost. If, 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 <laughs> like, you got to count the cost. Like, at the end of the day, if if this person makes you feel unsafe, unheard, um, you don't feel valued, and ultimately, you don't feel loved, then, you know, maybe that's not the relationship for you. You know, and I, and I mean, it's no cookie cutter way. Yeah. I can't tell somebody exactly what to do with their relationship. What I can do is tell them that their own mental health and their own development is very important because if you you can't pour from an empty cup and if you're if you're empty and you're you know being drained and the love and the life is sucked out of you and you just feel like you're being belittled all the time yeah. and y'all have tried some are we talking about somebody that's married in a relationship or somebody that just kind of just met yeah we just met we're going through the stage we we just we now at the stage oh so we, we it's like i'm like yeah. no i hey look if, if i don't if you don't think i'm cute then if you if you think I'm uh this or that, you got so much to say about me, then yeah, move well, around. Yeah, yeah man, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so man, now after the show, it would it would have did you get that title a little bit? Did somebody say anything crazy about you on there? Nah, man. Thank goodness, because I I don't be like, but they did. Somebody did call somebody a narcissist, and it's like you hadn't even known that person for twenty four hours. So yeah, and even if you did feel like that, why you? trying to go on TV and say that. Like, one thing that production had an issue with me about is I, I think that there's, and I probably shouldn't have went on TV if I felt like this, I think there's yeah. on-camera and there's off-camera conversations. You know what I'm saying? There's certain things as far as a relationship or my feelings that might make somebody feel bad or 
It's just something I ain't trying to discuss on TV. Yeah. But I don't think that was something they should have discussed on TV. But that word got thrown around a little bit about some of the guys. And, uh, yeah, I was like, man. Yeah, man, come on, dude. <laughs> I was like, dang. Because the first time, it's like, yo, you ain't even know him for 24 hours. Yeah. You know, so. Now, this, this is the kicker. Like you say, it's time to go get her out of here. What do narcissists do? When you get ready to finally say, I'm out this thing, they're going to start gaslighting. They're going to start gaslighting. They're going to make you feel like you're you? Like you, you making it up. Yeah. It's like, so you telling me that, like, I know this happened. I was there. They're going to make you start questioning yeah. what actually happened, mm. you know? So, man, so then when you, um, <clears throat> so like, let's say you, you know somebody like this here. Yeah, and all they see is that glorifying stage. So when they get ready to go, that brother kind of banded them. Then you get the feeling there, woo woo, and then he come over, hit you with the yeah, with the yeah, and then everything back to normal. Man, what do you say to people who who in that boat, man? How do they get out of there, B? Man, that's them soul ties, man. Um, yeah. You have to protect your energy. You got to protect your heart and your mind. So you have to create boundaries. And that's what the when they when I looked up different things and I was learning more about it, mm -hmm. they talked about creating boundaries. Yeah. You have to create boundaries. If you got to block that person, if you know that, <clears throat> how many times somebody said they've been going through some situation in a relationship? Hey, let's go. We let's just sit down and talk. And then you wake up the next morning laying next to them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like you ain't do no talking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if if that's my method, <clears throat> I know to do that. Just slide back in every time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you got to create boundaries. You got to block this person. You don't need to answer their calls. You're not operated. I mean, you're not obligated to respond to their messages. At the end of the day, you put your hands to the plow, but you can't look back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to move forward, create boundaries, and you got to stay resolved in it. Don't follow them. Don't be going to go check their page. Don't go look at no old pictures, you know or video, whatever the case may be, you have to be responsible about how you guard your eyes, your, which lead to your brain yeah. and your heart so you don't get back into that entanglement. Mm. Man, so now, this is the question. I know you've been doing a lot with the people uh, post the show. Uh, some of the people, I, I, I remember the lady who teach track. Uh, yeah. I think I seen y'all do an event. Did anybody find love? Um, shoot, I, uh, Simone and uh, Rashid are, are dating for real, okay. for real right now. Okay, and now yeah. that was that the DJ? No, um, Rashid was the dude that was the, the car salesman. Okay, okay. And then okay. Simone was the lawyer. Yeah, the lawyer. So they they uh, so you talking about just people from the show finding love, or just in yeah. general? Just in general. Do you know any? What's the recap? <laughs> well, she, I know, I got me, I got me a little, hey. a little, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know, oh, <laughs> I got. So I was, I was, I'm, I'm blessed, man. It's good to be in a healthy, thriving uh, relationship. So I'm, yeah. I'm thankful for that. Um, but as far as the people from the show that got together, I know uh, Rashid and uh, Simone are together from the show, and they doing pretty well. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, would you do it again? But you really get to see all the fluff, like, yeah, you know, some weird people, man, that you see on the blogs or. In the DM and stuff, I'm like, it's different. Somebody just talking to you, but people just they really be yeah. looking at TV like that's a you know what I'm saying mm. you know. So, so what one way that we talked about going through these stages, and so the the reason I wanted to do this show tonight was to give people these stages because actually, brother, 
these are some really real stages, right? You think yeah. about that glorifying and that bliss. And then once that narcissist began that work, like better to set the stage hard. And then it's hard to get out of that. So I think uh, one way that I learned was to journal through each yeah. of these stages, right? Just uh, reflecting on what's going on uh, throughout this process. That way, when it's time to go, it's time to go. Yeah. Uh, and so then how much do you feel that self-efficacy as well as self-empowerment plays into um, being able to take that journal, look at what you're writing down and then acting upon it. And even if that means getting the hell out of there. It plays a huge role. Mm -hmm. And like we can, we, we look at different situations and circumstances. I'm always, no, like look at poverty. We know the numbers. Yeah. We know that redlining would happen in the fifties and the sixties. And we know that people were thrown into different communities. We know that drugs and guns were planted in there. But I'm still saying the change I want to see must first begin in me. Mm -hmm. Do I recognize barriers in a situation or in a relationship? Yes. But I don't want to give that much power to somebody else over me. Mm -hmm. So the change I want to see must first begin in me. So I recognize this person is abuser mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever the case may be. Right. So what I'm going to do is I want to get the tools and acquire the tools, whether it's journaling to write stuff down, setting up boundaries. You got to block the person. Don't be in that space. Don't communicate with them. You got to do whatever you got to do because it's self-preservation. You got to preserve yourself. You know what I'm saying? And you got to love yourself enough to not go down that road if that's not positive, if that's not productive, and then that's not getting you to the point that you want to get. Otherwise, because if I keep blaming them, which they are true for their victimization. Mm -hmm. Now I've given them too much power over me because now I'm not putting no responsibility on myself to walk away yeah, or to, or to even start in that direction. And one thing we got to create a safe place for people to be able to say, you know what, man, I'm struggling, bro. I can't leave this girl alone. You know what I'm saying? I know she ain't right for me, yeah. but I need to leave her alone. You know, I, you know, we got to get better with it. Man, you know that ain't gonna man, you know better. Man, it's hard to get up out of there, man. What you do? Yeah, leave, man. But uh mm -hmm. when it ain't right though, and I tell you, man, sometimes I, I talk to people and those be their best relationships, right? And I'll i never figure it out. Yeah, but like that pain. So I, I don't know, man. I know I got I mean, well, you got you gotta think about that. You think about the dysfunction from a mental health standpoint. Yeah. When people have been raised in dysfunctional environments where dysfunction has been normalized. When something is going too well, they'll self-sabotage yeah. because subconsciously that's what they're used to. So they don't know how to communicate other than in a negative manner. Yeah. So when you try to be too nice or respectful with them, they think you got ulterior motives or they'll self-sabotage or they'll question everything. You know, so it's a it's a part of those traumatic experiences, yeah. and, um, you know, from growing up. And, you know, that can really that's why we got to heal. So, man, I know you talked about that therapy, man. What made you? So we, we talked a lot about black men and just wanting to go through these things. Once you do recognize, well, I've created that cycle for someone or I've been through that cycle. Uh, yeah. How do we get our brothers, our black men to really get into that therapy, man, to break that cycle, to show our offseeds something different? We got to set a different standard and, and we got to stop emotionally. When, when a man is being emotional and they're expressing themselves, 
we got to stop. Uh, what is it called? What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, almost downplaying it. It's like you downplay it or you you use it yeah. against them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, and we always associate masculinity with being strong mm -hmm. and femininity with being weak, and that's false. You know, so, you know, being strong is not a gender thing. Being strong is a human trait. Being weak is something, being emotional. These are just human traits. So we try to take these things and make it gender wise. And really with a man, we haven't made it safe or cool or comfortable for a man to express himself. So what we do is we raise young girls, we give them a doll, we teach them how to be nurturing. Then we need to give, we need to let little, we need to teach little boys how to be nurturing. I ain't saying give them a doll. Yeah. But but let them know that, hey, man, this is how you hold a baby. Hey, man, that's like when I'm with little kids, I'm always teaching the older brother, the older sister, whoever's the older sibling. You're always in protection, love and, and, and taking care mode. Right. Because you're looking out. But we're not teaching young boys that we're just teaching them how to dribble a basketball. Yeah. Shoot a bat, throw a football and let and, and they making it like if you're not hyper masculine, hyper sexual or aggressive or ladies, man. And what, you know, where's your value? Yeah. That's how they make it seem. So we thinking that we got to appease these standards socially, you know? So once we start setting a different standard and letting them know it, Hey man, it's okay to not be in hospital trying to smash every chick. Yeah. Hey man, it's okay to just want to be with just one woman. It's okay to, I don't, I, yeah, I'm six, four, two twenty five. I don't want to play ball. I play the violin yeah. or I'm on a debate team and I'm not lame and I'm okay with that, you know what I'm saying? When we start setting a standard like that, we start having more emotionally available fathers to teach emotionally available children, yeah. you know? You know, so then we create that and we see it, it becomes the norm and it's modeled. Um, but all this, you know, you know, men are different than women. That's why a woman could, you know, with a man, a man being dominated, men yeah. lose their life. Yeah. Over over somebody disrespecting them. Mm -hmm. You don't hear that with women a lot. I ain't saying it ain't happen. No, oh, yeah. But it's it's that thing about that masculine, like he ain't about to talk to me like that. He ain't about to do this. I die behind this. Yeah. Well, you got you know go. Yeah, man. Okay. I die behind this. No, shut up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But like we we glorify that. Ain't nobody up there saying somebody told me, man, I hit that in the mouth. Bro, come on, we grown. We don't do that no more. Yeah, man. You know, so we have to uh, change the narrative and start modeling that. But the change you want to see must first begin in us. So we have to become that. Yeah. You know, so. Man, and the thing is, um, whoo, like you say, um, just reading that that last last comment, uh, that that was she had a good point, right? That uh, we don't teach little boys how to express their emotions, then get yes. mad when they don't do it as men. Absolutely. And so uh, I, I did a lot. We just had a little conference class last weekend, man, where we were talking about uh, domestic violence uh, and pieces like that, uh, mental health. And that was one of the questions of how do we get our black men to ask for help? And, and why does that make them seem weak, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but but that also we talked about um, just emotional literacy, emotional intelligence, right? Because Really, a part of that is I don't want to look weak. You know, a part of going through this cycle and not being able to recognize what you're doing and not seeking help is still, in a way, saying I don't want to be seen as weak. Yeah. Uh, so, man, I think that's what the crusade has to be. Uh, like you say, changing it, the culture with the youngsters. 
but that means getting us older guys uh, who is leading the way for the youngsters to get that help to be able to bring something different, man. So Because once, once we start doing that, we'll realize how weak you are to be a slave to your emotions and fight and cuss and yell every time you get mad. Yeah. But to express yourself, so my, one of my friends is a therapist, um, Michael Dangerfield, he had a book launch, right? So he had a part where he surprised me. He called me on the stage and some other people and he was doing some stuff from his, his therapy book and he was like, what's something that you regret in your life? Yeah. And when I tell you, I was choked up. I'm just trying not to cry in front of yeah. everybody. Come on, man. When I started thinking about what one of my regrets was, but I said, um, <clears throat> I thought of other instances and I'm a lot more okay with crying now. I'm a father, I got daughters. And, um, but there was one point where I just didn't want to cry. Yeah. And I, cause I was taught at an early age, if you cry, that's weak. So we're going to sit around and squirm, make noises, try to appear to be tough. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is when you start pulling off the layers and learning how to express yourself, Man, yeah. it it's like a weight lifted over off your shoulders. You can cry some tears if you got to, but to really to effectively like say to somebody you're dating or it's one of your friends, Yo, you hurt my feelings, yeah. and you ain't gotta say like with me. We gotta say all right, no homo. I love you, yeah. bro. Yeah, nah, bro. I just love you, man. Come yeah. on, you know, just little stuff like that. We have to normalize it. We gotta make it cool because right now we've only made it okay for us men to show emotion and affection on the football field or the sports arena. They cry and they hug and they getting excited. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or we cry at a funeral, but we haven't normalized that. When somebody get accepted into a school, when your homeboy, hey man, I'm committing, I'm about to get married. Oh man, you about to throw it all away. You mean? Well, like you about to give it up, baby. You about to give it up. We're like, dang. Yeah. To, you know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. gotta normalize different uh, thought patterns. Yes sir, I can dig it brother. So, man, as we get ready to wrap this thing up, man, let's check in with you, man. Um, dude, what all been happening, man? Where what you got going? What are the events? What you got coming up? How can we find you? Well, I mean, y'all can find me on Instagram at supercarol, uh, spelled on the screen. Then my website, Brian Carroll and Associates. So I got online mentoring, a virtual, virtual mentoring. I got in-person mentoring. Um, things have been kicking off with Brian Carroll and Associates, the consulting firm. So, you know, we got the bullying tour coming up. We can come to your school, your daycare, wherever you at. Um, we talk about the seven styles of bullying. I got my professional developments. I'm doing on equity and then on meeting the kids in the culture where they are. Because ultimately after COVID, man, everybody's struggling. Teachers are struggling, getting acclimated. The kids had a year off of school, basically. And Everybody's really just getting adjusted to a new normal. And let's do a health check. Are you okay up here and in here? Everybody losing people, everybody paranoid. So what I do is I come from a therapeutic viewpoint and a restorative viewpoint, and I give you the tools to thrive in the classroom, stay emotionally healthy, and get the results you want to get from the kids and yourself ultimately. Yeah. You know, so come on, B. Keep working, brother. Keep working, man. Like yeah. I say. I appreciate you for taking some time out. Uh, man, just having that conversation, brother, about this. I, I wanted to get those pieces out because I felt as we wrapped up talking about narcissism to be able to know what that cycle is. And hopefully the people who hear this now can recognize those pieces in that cycle. And that's what it's about, man, getting that information out so people can 
change their lives, brother. So I appreciate you being a part of this tonight, man. Thanks for having me, man. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. We did it again. This is KT for KTTV signing out. 100. This is Darnell Broadcast Houston. This is Dr. Tamara Beckford. Hey, this is Candace. This is London Underwood. This is Kirsten Bass with Inner City Greens, and you're watching. Y'all are now tuned in to KTTV. 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 KTTV.